Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. what it's all about hey welcome everybody this is uh hey you're in the rowdy room this is the man up uh, podcast podcast number 76 and we are glad you're here and where is here here is sugarland baptist church in sugarland texas so if you grab a globe spin it around just west of where that big hurricane is in florida is texas southeast side of texas is Houston, southwest side of that is Sugarland, and that is where we are. This is Man Up, the spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys. But you know what? We're an awesome bunch of regular guys, and we're all on the spiritual journey together. We're glad you are here, because what we get to talk about here, and especially tonight, you don't get to talk about basically anywhere, but you're in on something that's going to be very special. And so, hey... That's right. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go around the room and I am going to introduce the guys that we have on the panel. Essentially what we do is this. If you're a first time listener, we're on SoundCloud. We're also on iTunes. We're on Facebook as well. I'll go ahead and let the professor talk about the Twitter account because I don't Twitter. And uh, tweet. tweet. <laughs> and I'll, all right. Well, I don't tweet either. I, I don't do that either. Hey, whatever. So, but this is your opportunity to help grow your faith incrementally with us. And so we're glad you're here. And I know there's some women out there listening, so we're going to keep this kind of, well, no, we're not really going to PG-13. No, that's right. PG-13. <laughs> that's right. And so, ladies, and so, right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to first, I'm going to introduce the panel that we have tonight, and then I'll go around the room and let them give their basic summary of the lesson. We'll read the lesson and have some further discussion. So that's pretty much the way we're going to way we're going to roll tonight. And we have Beck. He is a professional trainer. We call him the professor. He's Robert Koshu. And he's our deacon. He's a sales guy and a really nice caring guy. He's not in pink. He's Kyle Tran. Okay, a little bit. There's a little there's pinkish. Blue and pink. (laughs) And you can't do anything without an attorney, and we have one. He's uh, he's a prosecutor. We call him the judge, so he could defend you, or he could throw the book at you. You just take your. That's Michael Cropper. Hello, hello. And a great guy, policy writer. I consider him an intellectual. But he's also a professional gambler. Mr. Steve Titch is here, so yes. <laughs> sorry, sorry, honey. I am. I have, my name is Bill Cox, and my wife is calling me at the moment. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to introduce Mr. Steve Titch. Okay. Yeah, right. Well, it's interesting that Bill leaves the podcast yeah. for certain things, uh, especially when we're going to do this one. Um, <laughs> Tell us about the lessons. I oh boy, they, they're, we're we're laughing, but this this is a this is a lesson on the book of Hosea, 
a, a, a minor prophet, not because of his significance, but because just simply he's one of the uh, prophets that has a shorter book in the Bible. But it is packed, and we're going to go into that. It is, it is a story you don't hear preached a lot on, let alone talked about in, in Sunday school. But we're going uh, to really get into it here uh, as we go along. But uh, it's simply about... Not only the prophet, but the prophet's life as an allegory for our own redemption and for the way God ransoms us. Uh, and in a basic, at, a, at, a, at a basic level, Hosea is, in, this, in his life, he's kind of a stand-in for God. His wife, Gomer, is a prostitute or an adulteress, a it may be something at a minimal. Something of, of what, what scholars think, what, what might be today considered a high-end escort. Um, I, you're, you're gonna have a great Where do you get the high-end escort? Well, because the because the high-end. Where do you get that? I don't see uh, any. Uh, All right, and you know, we're getting. Uh, and so anyway, uh, and and he's going to redeem her. Uh, she, she is she is a serial adulteress. Uh, she is unfaithful to him. She may be a prostitute. Uh, she gets into trouble, but but um, it's Hosea who remains faithful. And at the same time, throughout the the book of Hosea, which is only fourteen chapters, the the prophecies uh, kind of balance back between punishment and exile for the Israelites, for the Israeli nation, for the Israelite nation. And redemption and this ultimate reconciliation. Michael Cropper. Yeah, Bill. The, uh, the I'll go just a little further. What Steve was presenting to you, folks. Uh, Israel uh, has been served has served the Lord uh, many times and strayed away from Him. When they stray away, they they look at grass being greener on the other side in their religion. Now, folks, we, we always, we, we joke about this because right before Bill came, uh, the four of us kind of got warmed up because we were talking about, um, I guess, serving serving the Lord and serving Baal. It might actually be kind of fun to have sex as worshiping God, but you can't do that. I mean, number one. And do you really desire to do that or is that controlled by the lust of your flesh. And of course, at this time I can see where where Israel got into that. If you folks remember Elijah the prophet, he confronted the prophets of Baal under Jezebel and, and Ahab when Ahab was king. Well, uh, again, Israel has strayed. They, they'll come back and serve the Lord. Then they'll go and stray and start worshiping other gods. Baal, Asherah, uh, other things like that. And in this particular uh, Lesson and folks, once again, we're in we're in Connect 360. Rescue and Redemption is the name of the book. the The name of the lesson is a picture of God's redemption, as Steve has mentioned. And God actually instructs Hosea, as a prophet of His, to live out the the allegories, as Steve stated, to live out the lesson and the prophecy that He wants to tell Israel. And that's simply, I love you very much, but you have strayed so far. You're like a whore because you've mixed up your worshiping me as God, Jehovah, and you've mixed it with other religions so strongly that you can't even tell your right from your left or what's up or down and what's right and what's wrong. 
Kyle Trahan. You know, we, we, such a difficult one, you know, to understand um, because of the symbolisms and, and then what God did in his life and everything. But I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, you were doing the sexual immorality stuff um, and then they were also doing the spiritual, um, you know, adultery uh, to God. And, you know, we tend to find ourselves that way in the world quite often, at least we do in the Bible. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, was destroyed because of all the sin and stuff, and they were worshiping idols, and, you know, I don't know, what was that city, just one big orgy or something? You know, that's uh, what it well, kind of comes down to is, you know, and we find ourselves going back and back and back and back to that sinful nature. You know, look at the porn industry and, and everything, the, everything that you get into, it's, God keeps trying to tell us over and over and over again to behave and the world tends to shy away time and time and time again. They keep forgetting history repeats itself. You know, yeah. what's next in the destruction line or the, uh -huh. um, you know, uh, disciplining us for our evil ways. Professor. I, I think Steve is right and you're right because he talked about that this is one of those lessons it doesn't get talked about. It doesn't get preached. And it doesn't because it's hard. It's hard to understand the God of the New Testament that we worship, who's the same God of the Old Testament, but manifests himself through his son Jesus Christ, ordering a man, I want you to go get, I'll, I'll take Steve's turn because this was the best ever. You missed it, Bill, so you can, I'm going to give you a moment to laugh. Go out and marry this high-priced escort <laughs> for you. Yeah! <laughs> and and she is going to be your wife. And she is going to do bury you children. Oh, and then, by the way, she's going to keep living her life of being an escort. That's right. That's right. Oh, and by the way, on top of that, go, name, go give your kids wildly crazy names, even for biblical names. Right. They were wildly crazy. And it's hard for us to relate to that a, because it's such a dichotomy of a story compared to what we look at. And then B, as Kyle said, it, it, it's the old, the old adage, there's an old joke, you went from preaching and started meddling. This book meddles, hardly, harshly in our life, because it meddles on the parts of life that we don't care to really want to talk about. You know, because is it easy to go? Yeah. Um, is it easier today? Yeah, because if we wanted to go look at porn in my day, you know, you had to go sneak and get the playmate. You had to hide it under your bed, <laughs> you know, so it couldn't get get found. And that was just a couple of pictures. Now you get full on whatever in the palm of your hand, twenty four seven. But Steve but wants to say more, something. But this is more than just sex. <laughs> oh, oh no, I mean, no, 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 this no, is no. this, this is really level I mean, one. <laughs> sex is the the, the, the the temple immorality is somewhat part of the allegory. The adultery is part of the allegory. Right. And and this is this is another thing. This is when when you get into this, you got to see beyond this part. Yeah. I mean, it's easy because because it's easy to be judgmental about other people's sex lives. This is about where you're putting your spiritual energy. Right now, in this story, the allegory is is that this the the wife Gomer is is unfaithful to her husband through these adulteries. But the question that hangs in the air for us is how you know how are we committing 
spiritual adultery. And that, that's more than just looking up whatever um, Pornhub.com. Yeah, um, well, um, it's are you spending 60, 70 hours a week at your job? Are you paying more attention to your stock portfolio? Are you, how is that, are you basically pulling yourself away from your, from, from your relationship with God to put other things at the center of your life? And, he, and so, so I, I, the, the, all the stuff what you're saying is true about the adultery, but I think it's important. Oh, it, it's to get definitely <laughs> take it all the way to the other. I'm starting with that because we're going that, the yeah, other direction. Okay. <laughs> well, and you know, when you look at it, I mean, and we're talking Hosea one, uh, where is it? Verse three. Um, you know, so he went and took Gomer. Uh, and she conceived and bore him a son. Mm -hmm. Then you drop down to six, and she <laughs> conceived again and bore a daughter. Not bore him a daughter. And then you drop down again, and she bore a son. Yeah, it's, but it's, those it's, it's were, implied that they're not they're his. They're not his. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I missed that the first couple of times I read it, and then you go back and, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I missed that one subtle word of his... Is guess, that, guess that's the origin of the greeting. How's your wife and my kids? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> okay, you Where's that? Butt up? <laughs> <laughs> hey, anyway, we're gonna go ahead and uh, go into the uh, verse. We are in uh, Hosea one. The word of the Lord came down to Hosea, son of Barry, in the day of King Uzziah. Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah of Judah, and in the days of King Jeroboam, son of Joash of Israel. When the Lord first spoke through Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go, take for yourself a wife of whoredom, and have children of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. So he went and took Gomer, daughter of Diblim, and she conceived and bore him a son. And the Lord said to him, Name him Jezreel, for in a little while I will punish the house of Jehu for the blood of Jezreel, and I will put an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. On that day, I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. She conceived again and bore a daughter. Then the Lord said to him, Name her Lo-Ruhamaha, for I will no longer have pity on the house of Israel or forgive them. But I will have pity on the house of Judah, and I will save them by the Lord their God. I will not save them by bow or by sword or by war or by horses or by horsemen. When she had weaned Lo-Ruhamaha, she conceived and bore a son. Then the Lord said, Name him Lo-Ami, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. Yet the number of people of Israel shall be like the sand of the sea, which can be neither measured nor numbered, and in the place where it is said to them, You are not my people. It shall be said to them, Children of the living God, the people of Judah and the people of Israel shall be gathered together, and they shall appoint for themselves one head, and they shall take possession of the land, for great shall be the day of Jezreel. Now we're skipping down to Hosea 3. The Lord said to me again, Go, love a woman who has a lover and is an adulteress, just as the Lord loves the people of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love raisin cakes. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer of barley and a measure of wine. And I said to her, You must remain as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore, you shall not have intercourse with a man, nor I with you. 
For the Israelites shall remain many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephah or teraphim. Afterwards the Israelites shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. They shall come in awe to the Lord and to his goodness in the latter days. And we're going to go ahead and skip down to Hosea 14. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, Take away all guilt, except which is good, and we will offer the fruit of our lips. Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses. We will say no more, Our God, to work with our hands. In you the orphan finds mercy. I will heal their disloyalty. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall strike root like the forests of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread out. His beauty shall be like the olive tree, and his fragrance like that of Lebanon. They shall again live beneath my shadow. They shall flourish as a garden. They shall blossom like the vine. Their fragrance shall be like the wine of Lebanon. O Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am like an evergreen cypress. Your faithfulness comes from me. Those who are wise understand these things. Those who are discerning know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. We are in the Connect 360. It's rescue and redemption. And this is our ninth lesson of this. And it says it's the picture of redemption. <clears throat> and I don't know what you guys were talking about while I was on the phone. But I just want to chime in that I think part of this is the fact that the Lord lets us fail. But understand, he's going to redeem in his own time. And I think that's the lesson that we're being taught here in this thing. I'll go ahead and uh, open it well, up. Let's go on with that. Right? Yeah, he, he's going to throw that out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's yeah. going to throw that hand grenade right, in right. the middle of this crowd. So, and, and I think you're right. I think it goes back to what Steve said, though. What Steve was going to, after I threw my little part out, that it's not just about the Pornhub on your phone. You're right about that. It, it's totally also about how much time are you spending at your job? How much time are you spending? Heck, I'll throw myself under the bus. How much time do you watch sports? No. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, how much time do you spend? Uh, how about, how about if you say you overspend? Or overspend. Right, yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I think the Lord gives us what you guys are saying. The Lord gives us the opportunity to enjoy these things if we keep them. In, in relation perspective. to him. Perspective, right? Thank you. That's a much better way than perspective. Right. In relation to him, because you're right. God gives us freedom to fail and freedom to go the other way. And the the Canaanite had idols, and we got our little list here of the yes. ones that were probably real popular there. So, because they were pluralist, so they had the the and in, this is Israel, so they had they didn't have the temple per se. They had like an extra shrine they built up in Samaria that. Kind of in northern Israel that kind of gets really frowned on later in the New Testament. But then they had Ashtaroth, the goddess of fertility and maternity, the Baal, the sun god or storm god, the god of fertility, crops, and women, Dagon, the god of water and grain, Marduk, the fertility and vegetation god, 
and then milkon, which was divination and occult. And if you look at it in today's society, what do we worship? What do we worship? I mean, how many of us, I'll freely admit, I'll look six times today at the stock market. I keep I keep bigchartsup.com yes. market drop. Last I saw was down about five to six hundred. Is that where it landed? I didn't look at the end. <laughs> Dropped eight hundred. Okay, I didn't look at the end. So um, notice we notice that's all on the tip of our tongues, though. Yeah, yeah. we know that. Yeah. We just yeah. happened to look. Didn't we? But, <laughs> who did not look at stocks today right. in this room? But but okay, but I looked eight times. Okay, so there there's there's one thing that can be out there. Um, Beautiful women, we just won't go there with this crowd, especially. Um, then there's, you know, college sports, professional sports. Yeah. You know, we're in we're in the middle of. I can't help but saying this enough. The World Series, Houston Astros, who are defending their championship <laughs> as we speak in the playoffs. Absolutely. But but and, and it as Mike said, is there a place in time? I personally think there is. I think watching some playoff baseball with the Astros is good for the soul because you need to have it's, some downtime, some release from whatever. But do we watch playoff baseball, go check the scores five other times, go watch all the other things, put our TV on the MLB channel, run all the statistics, set up a spreadsheet so we can track, so we can bet? Does it become, it, it, at a certain point, yes. does it become central to you does it become, yes um, yeah. what is central to your life is it and, mm -hmm. and for men what is the one thing we want to make central to our life more than anything else well I thought it was it's, the family it's going, it's your family yeah, family what else? I mean some, and sometimes I mean that can become oh yeah. yeah I mean what do you end up worshiping in the in the end so yeah. family I mean that, I, your your question somewhat rhetorical I would say family yeah we sometimes push or a marriage or a job. Definitely job. our job. job. Job is a guy thing because we, mm -hmm. we derive so much of our identity by who we are, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, that we, we even talked about that in Six Battles Every Man Must Win. And then back at our, way back in our Life at Work series, you know, about mm -hmm. we're called to do our job a certain way, but it's not to be, the job isn't the end. And, and, and in many ways, especially in this country, in this, that... Unlike, unlike, say, pornography, or even right. certain extent, sports, certainly, yeah, betting, <laughs> wagering, work, you know, work supposedly is obviously there's a biblical foundation for it, mm -hmm. but that can be misplaced, and so you have the idea of that that a congregation is much less likely to condemn a man who puts in too much time at the office. They'll say, oh, what a good provider it is. Oh, actually, actually, I was going to say it's um, the, the congregation, I should, say, I, should say, I should say condemn. But the congregation would, would not necessarily see that as an immoral thing. No. Um, and I'm, I'm really going on limit as, oh, no. as, and, as bad as anything else. Yeah. Because that's, that's, you know, oh, well, you can rationalize. This is so productive. He's bringing to the community or he's worse. He's, his productivity means, you know, more and more in the way of donation. But nonetheless, you're like, less likely to be called out for that, or or even supported for that. Even somebody coming alongside. I mean, not not saying go, you know, get all judgmental, but uh, someone with a with an alcohol problem or a drug problem might get recognition from a discipleship group. Somebody who's a workaholic might not. 
I tend to think he would. I tend to, and, and what, what do you guys think? Because I, I tend to think that, especially in, and I'm going to go ahead and throw out Southern culture, Southern, Western, Latin culture. If I work 80 hours a day, by God, I'm a real man, and I've, I've, I'm providing for my family, and you know, versus trying to keep the draw the lines. Well, the, well, the, the spouse <coughs> might want you to work that if she likes things. Yeah, no. Right? Okay. If she likes to have yeah, a big you house are, and nice car and everything, able. she might push you. Yes. And once again, there, that's why you can go past that where you don't mm -hmm. see it as detracting from your relationship with right. God. Right? Well, you can go past the point at which uh, uh, you don't see any harm doing it. Right? Well, the whole reason why we're here, I, I, I assume, well, okay, the whole reason why I'm here is because my spiritual journey makes my life better. Now, I am as guilty as all of us are about not keeping things in perspective. Spiritual discipline helps me keep coming back to a center space. Although I always veer off. That's why it's so important to exercise the faith muscle. Because through continued work, you're able to keep yourself centered and make your life better. And it should be better if you can keep everything in its proper perspective. That's the most difficult thing for men. And what's even more difficult for me has been keeping it in perspective as the phases of my life change. Right. Now, yes. I might have had yes. a problem with... <laughs> yes. Excuse me, but I'm going to throw it out there. They weren't prostitutes. They might have been skanks, okay? Or other women, okay? When I was younger. That's not an issue now. I'm old, okay? What is other issues, though... Laziness, being preoccupied, procrastination, laziness. You know, there's plenty of other things that keeps me away from my spiritual journey. The thing about this lesson that says to me is this. God cares about both Hosea and Gomer. Think about it. He was a prophet. She knew who he was. She must have been absolutely astonished that he picked her. That's why I, she left him. <laughs> well, I mean, he would probably was no fun. Wait, 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 wait. We don't know because we don't. I'm going to say okay. I, because we don't know because, because this is this is the, this is because it kind of gets we get there beginning that this is something God told Hosea to do. I, I think to some extent, yes, that's. That's it. Uh, I think I think it's obvious Hosea loved Gomer very much. Oh, I, 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 I agree. I agree. And, 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 and the allegory goes all the, the allegorical part of this story. I, mm -hmm. First of all, let me let me unequivocally say I believe this is a real story. There was a real Hosea. Mm -hmm. There was a real Gomer. I believe that there, too. Yes. There were there's three, three children named you, you Jezreel, mm -hmm. Lo Rama, mm -hmm. and Lo Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That was totally real. Yep. But the whole this whole 
The whole book of Hosea is an allegory for God's faithfulness to an unfaithful Israel. And I think that allegory, including God's love for Israel, mm-hmm. goes all, I agree with you, yeah, all allegory, the way the story. Allegory, come on, that's, that's a little Alleg- my brain. The allegory, so this is a, the story is a parallel of, okay. of mm-hmm. God's love right. for Israel, despite Israel being unfaithful. Bigger I mean, word, come on. but smaller yeah. meaning. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I read off one, two, three, four, five um, different gods that were mm-hmm. prominent in Israel, and God's number one command is, there are no other yeah, gods but me, period. End of discussion. <laughs> Don't idol worship as you go through. So I totally agree with that. And we're gonna we're coming up on a hard break. And this is podcast number, what, 76? 76. This is Man Up, Spiritual Oasis for Men. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, Spiritual Oasis for Men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the man up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. Uh, we are in the Connect 360. It's Rescue and Redemption. This is uh, lesson number nine. It's a picture of God's re- uh, redemption. And what we're, we're in Hosea, and we've been talking about the story of Hosea and Gomer. I would like Robert to go ahead and continue on with... Uh, yeah, I, I, I was actually... I got in there because I agree with Steve. I think that... The, that Hosea definitely loved Gomer, 100% all the way through, despite the fact that, has Kyle, and, and this is going to be one of those I'll say, I probably I probably have read Hosea at least eight to ten times. I had never picked up the, the, uh, the, the word switch before. On the children. On the, the children. children. Yeah. children. Yeah. children. I have right. never picked it. And that includes a seminary level Old Testament class. <laughs> I have never picked it up. Uh, you need to retake that. He got I a, do need to retake that class. He got a B. Let's look at something here for a second. I, I'm thinking back. It was not unusual for a wife to not have the same spiritual desire to serve the Lord that the husband did. Guys. Remember this? I think it was at Isaac and Rebecca. Uh, okay, was it Rebecca and Leah? I forget the two the two wives. I think of Isaac. One of them brought the spiritual idols back from her dad, Laban. Whoever's Laban's daughter was, he married two daughters, uh, 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 Leah, Leah and uh, Rachel. Rachel, Leah. Rachel brought the idols from her dad, even though her dad served Jehovah and Yahweh, and. Uh, uh, Isaac, I, I think uh, whoever it was, the husband that was there, and I apologize for throwing this out because I'm looking at this and I'm thinking Hosea has a desire to serve the Lord with all his heart, but we see nothing there that says Gomer does. Gomer's 
it wasn't required for your wife to serve the Lord. It was required that the husband followed the Lord. Then we see it in, in several examples through the Old Testament. And I'm thinking, that's why I made the comment earlier, Jose may not have been fun. He, he's off serving and worshiping the Lord and doing things at the temple. He wants to bring her with him, and she may not want to do that. Right. So things could get boring for her. Um, so anyway, that, that's just a thought I threw out when I said earlier, he may not be fun. He may be like a pastor right. of a church. And, and well, also, and to, and to back up uh, what Robert was saying, that uh, you know that he, yeah. he loved her and all, I think you know when you jump down to Hosea 3, uh, verse 1, uh, the Lord said to me again, Go, love a woman. I think he was just reminding him, Oh, yeah, you remember? I now she's gone you. out and cheated on you a couple mm -hmm. of times and had a couple of kids. Yeah. I know that's gotten under your skin, but and she's, she's done some stupid stuff. Yeah. And you still love her. Go fix this, make it right. Well, you know, and, and I think he was just reminding it. This is my second point real quick. You asked a question a minute ago, do you, you know, does everybody believe in the story? Me, you know, the way I was raised and being Catholic and all, I don't know if some of the stories aren't the parable mm -hmm. concept. Right. You know, some of this stuff's hard to choke down in the natural, even looking at it, oh, this is, you know, so many years ago and, you know, whatever. So just to, to let the other people that may be listening know that they're not, you know, alone there, that I, I don't discount that it could be, right. you know. Uh, but again, some of this stuff still is like, well, here's, why would that happen? Well, and, why, and you have to, you have to go ahead and consider mm -hmm. 2,000 years ago, or this was more than this that. Is this is almost like this is almost straight. Can I get in here? Because, yeah. because okay. this is there is there is some history here. Um, it isn't as old. It certainly isn't old as Genesis. Um, we've got uh, Hosea. The first line is Hosea is is he's a prophet for the northern kingdom of Israel. Israel had split after Solomon right. into Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah, the southern kingdom. Hosea was a prophet in the northern kingdom. Uh, he was at the time, it mentions, he, he really began his ministry toward the end of the reign of Jeroboam II, which is around 750 B.C. And it, Jeroboam was, was by, by 21st century economic standards, he was a great king. He uh, increased the wealth of the nation. He expanded the borders almost to the point where they, they were in previous years. There was great material wealth. The northern kingdom was larger. Uh, it had access to the Mediterranean. It had, was clo much closer to the trade routes, which is one reason all this, all this other influence from, from other, from other cultures. cultures, other other tribes, the Canaanites, the Assyrians, uh, had such Even influence. The Babylonians. The Babylonians. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, um, th so easy. This is, but the, the Bible tells us in, in Second Kings that really uh, Jeroboam II did evil in the eyes of the Lord, as did most of the kings, and he would he put up other you know temples and and idols to other gods alongside um, the the whatever the smaller temples as you mentioned in Samaria he he he, he put God second to that, and however it, life life was pretty good in the Northern Kingdom. Interestingly enough, within 25 years, they would be wiped out by the Assyrians. Yeah, in uh, 722, in 722, 722. Um, Jeroboam Jer 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 II, the Assyrians mm -hmm. come in, and 
the these are the what a lot of people refer to as the ten lost tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. Yep. These, yes. They don't do the Babylonian thing where they haul you mm-hmm. off into captivity and mm-hmm. then let you come back. They like come in and wipe you yeah. out and scatter you. Yes, they are but scattered they, and, and transplanted. They, they, and and in, even back then, it was the art of move people out and then move another nation in so you completely wipe out a culture. Uh, and, and, and Hosea, along with other prophets, but Hosea pretty much prophesizes this. He talks about this coming. He talks about the, the Judah being spared uh, which it was. I mean, it does get Babylonians but into, Bab- into the Babylonian captivity. But anyway, I'm, I'm just giving some historical background here. So um, this is... Uh, the, the, the people of the northern kingdom saw none of this coming. Um, Jeroboam was their last great king, Jeroboam II, and uh, within 25 years, they were gone. Um, and... Uh, so this is this is this is I mean, part of the whole allegory that the punishment, the judgment came down, um, and uh, it was very harsh. I mean, you go back to what you're saying uh, there. The essentially the northern kingdom, the 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 Israelites of the northern kingdom walk away from God. They they leave and they don't come back, um, despite apparently God wanting them to. Our author, the, the lesson tells us that the equivalent is Amos, the prophet Amos for Judah, right? We're looking yeah. specifically mm-hmm. in, this, in this story, we're looking at Hosea, and he's prophesying what's going to happen to Israel, as you mm-hmm. said, Steve. And the equivalent, again, is, is, is Amos, when he prophesies to Judah that they're going to be overrun if mm-hmm. they don't turn from their sins and uh, turn from their idol worship. But there, there is a lot, of, we didn't, we, the lesson doesn't do chapter two. I, I would encourage anyone listening to go out, yeah. find a good, find a good modern translation of the Old Testament and read all of the book of Hosea. It is a short book, but there's some very poetic and very visceral language in it. The, the chapter two is a, is a poem, a hymn, a psalm. And if you've, you know, if you're a guy and you've ever had a bad breakup, all the emotions are here, and they're and they're attributed to God. God gets ang- he gets angry, he gets hurt to the core. He, he's heartbroken. He, he's he's the, the uh, someone he loved has left. Someone he loved and provided for and cared about has left and betrayed him. And um, he gets he gets heartbroken. He gets angry. He, he talks about you know dry, dry. This is Israel taking away my. Therefore, I'll take away my grain. Uh, I'll ruin her vines and fig trees. But then the final part, the third part, is this talk of re-wooing, of, of reconciliation, of winning her back. And it's, it's a very poignant uh, passage in the Bible that is not always read, but it's, it, it attributes... You, you can really feel the pain God feels when he loses when he loses souls and you also see the the, the value of the sacrifice he makes well, this, to this, reunite the, the to reunite modern equivalent souls. of this mm-hmm. i i just mm-hmm. quickly was kind of skim reading it mm-hmm. while steve was talking mm-hmm. the modern equivalent of this would be the girl you'd been dating for or been married mm-hmm. to even mm-hmm. for a very long time you find out she had an affair with your mm-hmm. best friend 
So you kick her out of the house, you throw all her clothes on the lawn, you let all the air out of her tires, maybe you slash them. <laughs> yes. You know, you, you allow her car to be repossessed, you know, you throw her out, you look at the kids and say, you can go live with your mom, I want nothing to do with you anymore. And then a week later, you're knocking on her door with roses and flowers, with a limousine, to take her to the nice dinner with the hotel booked. New tires. Yeah, new tires. I mean, here's your car totally <laughs> bought that. But I mean, I mean, yeah, and that's yeah. literally, mm-hmm. if you read it, that would be a modern interpretation of that scripture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that and that goes back into our allegory of or of God's love for his people. You know, as mad as mm-hmm. he gets with us, because as stupid as we can get, mm-hmm. he still has that love for us to come back that way. And that's one of the most amazing pieces. When well, he did it. buy us back, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Price. Yes. Right. <laughs> and he yeah, paid a higher son. price than any yes. of us. Yes. Absolutely. And that's the reason we're all together right now. And, and the, the, demonstrate the, that. The Hosea, you know, the passage there of him paying 15 shekels and a homer, that, that is roughly, I have read about, back then would be considered half a year's salary for an average oh, wow. person. Wow. Okay. So, so this is... Uh, and, and we ta- and we talked about earlier before we went on the air. We talked about it. And this resonates today. This is like, you know, imagine being your f- a father, or a parent, and you know, the, your son is hanging out with a chick that you think is bad news, but he's totally taken with her. And then one day he says, "Dad, I'm I'm going to spend half a year's salary getting my girlfriend out of jail, or getting my wife out of jail, or getting out of this legal trouble she's gotten into." You'd think. People today would think Hosea was just as crazy, whether it's now or in 750 BC. I, I, I think in 750 BC they thought he was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really did. I have a little bit different take. I'm sure that uh, you guys, uh, you're shocked by that. But uh, <clears throat> the thing about it is, uh, 3,000 years ago, the life of a man was much, even much riskier than it is now. I have no doubt that there were many women that had no place in society and the only place that they had any kind of acceptance or love because their husband were was off at war and killed or or whatever was at the temples. Yeah. And that was the only thing that they knew. It doesn't say necessarily about Gomer, but you would think as a regular person, I'm going to redeem her. I'm going to marry her. And how many times have you heard this? I'm going to make an honest woman out of her. (laughs) Where the fact remains that you don't make anybody honest. Or anybody, or... or You make make nobody, nothing. Well, when women do men the same way, they absolutely. Say, I'll fix him. Exactly. <laughs> I'll marry him and that, that, him. I'll mold him. There you go. Right. There you go. I'll make right. him and do what I want. Make you a. He should appreciate me, or she should appreciate me, and change. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily it. The change has to come from within. It cannot come from without. And I think that is the big lesson of this. That Israel, they were not going to be changed 
by external forces. They had to change their inner direction, and that was the only way. Well, I, I, I would go as far as that 722 set the stage for, I want to say it was 585, I may be a little off on that, when Jerusalem finally falls into Babylonian. Yeah, five, yeah, when the Babylonians haul them off, mm -hmm. that, that they're thinking this was the end. Because mm -hmm. look what happened to our brothers up north. That this mm -hmm. actually sets the stage. And the, the Babylonian captivity is what finally broke Israel of idolatry. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, well, we, it, it, it took that to break them. We, we touched on that last week. And, yeah. and I, it's a well, interesting question. Does, well, again, prosperity, really. Prosperity is what perhaps we Christians should worry about most. Because with, with wealth and all its trappings come distractions. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and Very much so. Wealth builds walls. Poverty, poverty builds community. Because people depend on each other because they know they're going to be in need at some time as well. I totally agree with that. You know, something... Mike, you were saying, uh, reminded me, uh, you were talking about having the big house or whatever working, and then she likes it, and so you keep going and everything. Mm -hmm. I used to do those uh, inspections sometime back, and I, I would be contracted to go into people's houses and take pictures and make sure, you know, the, the way the house was, whatever. And uh, so it was a house, uh, middle of Houston, uh, super, super expensive dirt in itself. And this guy had just finished building the house. And uh, I mean, it was strangely magnificent. You know, it was really eclectic groups of stuff. But, you know, when you went in, you'd walk into a room and uh, you remember the old painting or the old uh, wallpaper they would have in the, the old mansions. Uh, you know, they'd have the little boy texture, and the girls. Yeah, texture, texture. wallpaper. Yeah. He had all of that hand painted all over his, this one room. Um, his stairwells were marble and then painted everything to look like the marble behind it. He was so tired. I mean, you know, I asked him, I said, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm a doctor. I said, wow, okay. He says, yeah, but I'm never here. I never get to enjoy any of it. Whoa. You know, it was grand. It was huge. It was like a $3 million home. It was all for his family, and all he did was work so that he could keep paying for it just so they can have the lifestyle. And, you know, the problem is, is when you get to that point, how do you stop? Yeah. And if you stop, is she kicking you out, and then you're, mm -hmm. on, then you're in homeless, and now you're building community again? Uh, you know, but it just seems like such a crazy endless cycle, and especially once you get to that plateau of having it. Going back to original then discussion, it becomes the problem. Is, is, is it, when you get to the plateau, is it where do you put your focus? Yes. Just to yeah. circle it back around mm -hmm. to where we started, you know, to get to, do, is it where you get your focus? How do you, where's your focus coming from? Right. Well, yeah. you know, it, it, that's interesting too. I, I'm coming up and looking at retirement in a year. Well, I could, I'll be 68 when I retire. Um, the question is, do I want to keep working and earn more money? 
and, and make sure I feel like I'm <coughs> secure in my retirement, or do I want to stop and enjoy what the Lord has given me and try to do more for Him in my time? So once again, money is, is, is part of the thing Kyle brought up, that we, we have trouble discerning the right time to stop or the right, term, uh, right amount of time to put into work. It's, and, and, and wisdom is that. Wisdom is how much time should you spend working and how much with your family, right? And how much time, uh, and, and of course your health is involved with that. So godly yeah. wisdom involves all of that. And, and how much you enjoy yourself. putting people in the slammer. That's right. But it's looking at Steve said, Christian, because I agree with you. The alcoholic, the drunk, the guy that cheats on his wife, the guy that's out at the bars every night, the guy that is doing all kinds of immoral things, no one's gonna everyone's gonna want to intervene with him. The guy who works too much is liable to actually get the pat on the back here at the church. Right, right. You know, so vices is the if danger. if somebody finds your vice uh they, it will, it, you'll get ministered to. <clears throat> However, if you're distracted, okay, nobody will say anything. This is podcast number 76. We're going to go ahead and go around the room and get a summary from each of the fellas. <coughs> Mr. Steve Titch. Uh, well, keeping with that idea, there's, there's the, the 4T test, as I read, uh, to determine... Where you are, where you are, if you're if you're in danger of spiritual adultery, and that's essentially time, talk, think, treasure. What do you spend your time talking about? Well, what do you, what do you spend your time on? Um, what do you talk about most when you're talking? What do you think about most? You might be out sharing those thoughts, but what are you thinking? Are you thinking about your next promotion? Are you thinking about bills? Where are your thoughts on a day-to-day -day basis? And of course, um, where do you spend your money? Where, does, where is your treasure? And as Jesus said, uh, where you want to find out where your heart is, well, look where your treasure is. Um, and, uh, and so those are things just to, to maybe just serve as a check as to uh, what is what is your what what is what you say what me what you what are make what we are making central to our lives. Excellent, Michael Cropper. Yes, uh, real quick. Um, I after we had talked earlier, and I mentioned uh, the ladies not having to necessarily serve the Lord. <coughs> I remembered that the the two ladies, and one of which was Rachel, they were married to Jacob, Israel. Mm -hmm for which the country is named after. So in any of those who were following what I said earlier, I just want to clarify that right quick. Now, I, I had trouble understanding Hosea, the third chapter, where the Lord said to Hosea, go out and uh, find a woman who has committed adultery and a lover and purchase her back. I, I couldn't quite understand that. Can't put that into to reason how he would have to purchase a woman back and She's, she's obligated herself so well. But then I remembered, as we've shared a little bit here, that Christ, in fact, had to purchase my life because of sin. And in fact, that's probably what she had done herself. Uh, Gomer had actually involved herself in such a way that she was obligated to some man or obligated. And Hosea went and purchased her back probably because of her sin. 
and because of whatever relationship she had been. And when I put that in that term with Jesus purchasing my sin and purchasing me out of it and presenting me into righteousness, I, I, then it makes sense. Right, right. Kyle Tran. You know, the, the main point is redemption, of course, you know, mm -hmm. the, one of the main words on the book. I think it's always the, the way to remember is that you're never too far gone. You know, oh, good point. Um, you know, Gomer had gone a distance. She had gone a ways away. Prodigal son concept, you know, and that you're never too far gone to come back to God. Um, you know, there's a, a song out now, uh, Fear is a Liar, and he talks about that, that, you know, Gomer may have thought she was too far gone. I can't go home now. You know, now, of course, it may be the indebtedness that she couldn't go home, but it could be her own mind telling her that as well. And in this, you know, because, oh, I've done it now. But God reminds us he will always take us home. Sometimes he's got to remind some of us to go and get those other ones that are straight far away. But that's that one sheep, too. He'll leave the 99 to go for the one. Sometimes he's got to push us to go help him get that one. Professor. Yeah, um, I, I really can't add anything to anything anybody said tonight. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to the Twitterverse. I've been a little inactive, had some, talking about distractions, job things that aren't job things but related to job things going on the last several <clears throat> weeks. And so I have been down, and tonight was a gold mine of tweets. Mm. And so I will be tweeting out the next five days or so. Just if you missed some of the quotes from tonight, I want to encourage you to kind of watch our Twitter, Man, Man, Up, Man Up Spiritual Oasis, on our Twitter feed, just to kind of see some of those. Because there, there was a gold mine of stuff tonight. There really was from everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for men, and to quote Kyle Trahan gets the quote of the night, you're never too far gone, and I hope you're not. <clears throat> and like my grandfather used to say, he went to church every seven days because it straightened him out, and it lasted almost seven days. Once every seven days, right? Once every seven days. <laughs> and that's the, that's the thing. Spiritual discipline takes exercise yep. and we want you to exercise here with us this is man up we invite you to if you're ever in the houston or sugarland area come on out and uh, join us in person or you can see us on soundcloud itunes uh facebook. youtube facebook we have plenty of pictures so you'll see who, who's actually here and we invite you to join a local Bible-based church, local, so you'll go and be involved and get involved in a Sunday school or adult Bible fellowship that is men's only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up! You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.